Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Matt, and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories, and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Happy Friday and welcome back to Journey to Freedom. I am excited for another episode where we'll be discussing some of the best places in Scotland. So far, we had some really amazing guests from all over the world and topics that were really worth sharing. Over the past few weeks, we discussed how to work and live in RV and also travel in the US all at the same time. We talk about Sydney, Australia and some of the best places and also about my recent decision of why I moved out of the United States after I received my U.S. citizenship. And you can find all these episodes and so much more on this podcast on any of the 11 podcast platforms online. I also want to take time right now to thank all my patrons for your support. I really appreciate you being in this small community and for contributing to this podcast. And if you aren't too familiar with Patreon, Patreon is an online page where I share my exclusive content, such as episode show notes, links, files, and guest recommendations. You can find a link to my Patreon account in this week's episode description. And let's go back to today's episode and reconnect with Sophie Pierce, who also, who's also known as Third Eye Traveler. Hi there. <laughs> nice to be back. Hello. Sophie was a recent guest on episode 19, where she discussed on how to travel the world as a solo female and how it changed her life. We talked all about her beginnings, some of the advice on how to travel solo, which countries she has been to, and so much more. So if you missed that episode, head out to episode 19 to learn more. So today we're going to be covering a topic that I'm really not too familiar with, but Sophie is more than an expert of. We'll definitely discuss more about the road trip in Scotland, some of the best routes, places to visit, money-saving tips, and where to stay during your trip. Before we actually dive into a little bit more about Scotland, uh, I know there are some people that are already obviously listened to the episode uh, 19, but if we can just spend just a little bit of time uh, talking about uh, you and, tra- uh, and, um, and um, your brand, um, how did you start, you know, Third Eye Traveler? Just a little bit of background so everyone knows. Yeah, so I started my career in the finance industry. And then when I was there, um, I took a sabbatical to go traveling around Asia for six months. Um, after I came back, I realized that I wanted to experience more of the world. And so I decided to take an assignment out in India, where I lived for a year. Um, and I traveled around the country and training. And then I decided that I would start a blog to write home to family and friends about like my trips and travels. And then eventually um, I found uh, an outlet to express you know, my love of travel and sort of give advice and tips for people that wanted to travel to India. And then my blog kind of adapted into a travel blog where I talk about guides, um, travel guides, tips and travel tricks and solo travel tips. <laughs> so I've been doing it for around, I think about five years now. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure. And then one of the places obviously was Scotland. So the main topic that we're going to be talking about right now, um, if yeah. we could start with just a basic idea, you know, of um, how you should travel around Scotland is, you know, taking a car the best way to do it? Or what are some other ways that you can travel around the country? 
Yeah, so so for those who don't know, because um, you know, so not everyone's from the UK. Scotland is at the very very top of the United Kingdom, um, and that is quite far for some people, especially if you come from where I am from, which is down in the south. And some people don't know how to sort of tackle uh, a Scotland in terms of like how you travel around and things like that. Um, but the more that you do your research, the more you'll see that the although around the lowlands, around Edinburgh and Glasgow, which is where you'll probably land into if you're coming internationally into Scotland, um, the more that you have a look that the transport networks are really great around those cities. But then as soon as you want to kind of travel upwards towards the highlands like Inverness or even John O'Groats at the very top, Sky and the Outer Hebrides, it requires a lot of planning. Um, and really preferably you should have your own transport, whether that's you drive yourself or you go with a tour. Um, because it just means that you cover a lot more ground and a lot more time. Um, trying to go around a lot of the time with public transport can be really quite tricky in the highlands. Um, and you might find that there's sort of like one bus a day and it drops you off in the middle of nowhere and things like that. It's just like one of those countries that I feel the, the infrastructure just gets a little bit tricky to navigate when you're heading out sort of towards the highlands. So definitely, I think if you're planning a trip to Scotland, a lot of time people will want to go beyond the main cities um, and it's easiest if you kind of hire a car or you're part of an organised tour. Um, admittedly I've never tried to travel around the country on buses and things like that but I've, I've heard of experiences especially when you go up towards like Inverness and stuff and it can be just quite tricky to get around and, and with lots of delays I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And then so before you even obviously go to Scotland, you got to start planning it. How would you say that you tackle that kind of a task? So Scotland, like, although it's quite a small country, it's actually got a lot to offer. And you'll find that people want to go everywhere because Scotland has been mentioned in, I mean, movies. It's just absolutely fabulous and beautiful country. Um, and, you know, people beyond Edinburgh and Glasgow, you want to go to places like um, Perth. Stirling, um, you have Inverness, the Highlands, up towards John O'Groats, uh, Fort William, um, like with Ben Nevis, which is the, one of the tallest peaks in the country, um, lots of Monroe's, Glencoe, there's just so much that people want to tackle and I think the easiest thing that I do always is I just think about everywhere that I want to visit in Scotland, whether you want to research things i have lots of travel tips on my blog i don't want to shamelessly put, plug that in there but there are lots of travel guides in scotland where you can have a look at inspiration and all i would do is i'd put everywhere that i want to go into google maps so um if you a lot of people use google maps for navigation but what a lot of people don't know is you can make your own maps on google maps which may be common knowledge to some but i didn't know this until about a year ago and um, you can make your own maps call them what you want and then literally plug in all the places that you want to go as pins and how, how I would personally do that is plan my route based on where the pins fall in the country, especially if you've never been there before. Um, I feel that a lot of us have the idea in our head that we want to go to this place, that place. We have we know where we want to go, but you just don't know how to get from A to B. So for me, seeing it, like seeing the pins of where I want to head, like sometimes that naturally forms your road trip routes for you. And for others, it might be that you you sort of tackle like one ring of the pins in one section then another and then another so for me when I planned my road trip it was for outlander locations so um, that's yeah. an outlander. And, I, and I just put in all the outlander locations I wanted to visit as well as some other attractions obviously and then I just planned my route like that 
And then for for those who've never been there, they want to plow, plan their first route. Um, how do you? What would you say are some of the most like iconic or the most important places that people should uh, should go to? Uh, okay, so I would 100% recommend Edinburgh, first of all. Like, I know there's a bit of a thing between Edinburgh and Glasgow cities, but Edinburgh for me is, like, the best city in the entire world. And no one that visits Scotland should miss out on Edinburgh. It really is one of the most fantastic cities. It feels like you're walking around, like, Hogwarts because every building is, like, old and it just feels, like, magical. And um, usually from there, people will either go to Glasgow, um, which is quite close. I think it's about an hour's drive between them. And it's almost like Bath and Bristol in the UK. So you have Edinburgh, that's the very kind of regional city, I guess. And then you have Glasgow, which is more bohemian kind of side of things. And it has more street art and more design and, and all of the art museums and things like that. So they both have, like, their, their differences, but they are both fantastic cities. So you could go sort of through to Glasgow. After that, I would recommend either heading up to sort of Loch Lomond and the Trossachs, or you can head up towards sort of Glencoe. Then most people head up towards Fort William and uh, Inverness. And a lot of people either head off to Skye, the Isle of Skye, which is um, an island, but it's accessible by car. So it's, it's really easy to access compared to the other um, islands like on the Outer Hebrides. After Skye, you can head through to sort of E... I, I, I'm going to say this wrong. I think it's Eiling Dolan Castle. Oh gosh, sounds complicated. <laughs> it's quite hard to pronounce it, but I know I'm going to say stuff wrong. And then you could head up towards sort of uh, Urquhart Castle, Loch Ness, which is the Loch Ness Monster, through to Inverness. And then a lot of people head down. Um, you can head either back round or you can head round towards Aberdeen and come back round towards uh, Edinburgh again. But the Lowlands also are fantastic. So you have things like the Kingdom of Fife, um, Perth, Stirling. You have like so many places that you can visit around the Lowlands as well. So just those are the places that I would think if you really want to experience all of Scotland, then I would do sort of the the round trip, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit easier for me because I'm cheating right now. I'm looking at the map. But for those <laughs> who are listening, it's they probably have no idea um, what we're talking about. So I'm going to put all the maps and all the information, like the I visuals. Think yeah, uh, I, I think, think it's going to be a little bit easier so people can understand. So if you go to my Patreon account, then you can find all the information. Uh, but then also one of the questions that I have for you, because, you know, traveling in the Scotland, UK overall, it might be, it's probably definitely different than in the US. For example, in the US, when I said I'm playing a route from LA to San Francisco, I'm not even really thinking about how many uh, miles or kilometers we have, but I'm like thinking, oh, that's going to take six or seven hours, right? That's just how it is in the US. How yeah. is it in Scotland when we come when it comes to that route that we just talked about? How many hours should you uh, expect to to do? So the great thing about the UK is we're a very compact country. I feel like America is so spread out. You've got all these grid systems because you have that luxury of space. Um, in the UK, we're very, very compact. But, um, and so around the lowlands, you know, you can get between Edinburgh and Glasgow in like an hour. And you can head up to Inverness from Edinburgh in around two, three hours. And that's and then from there, it's only really two hours more to like the top, very tip top of John O'Groats, which is the country. So really, your your travel times aren't going to be that long between each location, which makes it a fantastic road trip experience because you can easily stop off in Glencoe on the way, enjoy the sights and get to your own destination in only a couple of hours. So a lot of people decide to sort of stop off on the way. And that's why 
why um they have popular routes like the MC500, which is like the national kind of recognized road trip that people take, which includes all these spots. And you'll see that well signposted and everything. Um, I think I think every blogger I know has done the MC500 or there's a lot of guides and advice for that as well. And I think that because it is so popular, you can start off in one location and then hit up like four or five spots on the way, end up in the next location. So it's a really good organized road trips so that you can see all the highlights um okay. of the country and um, so really your travel times aren't going to be that long a couple of hours between each location and um, sometimes you'd be driving half an hour to see something amazing and you just stop off and take pictures and move on so it's yeah i think in, in america the travel times are really long <laughs> yeah yeah it takes it takes hours honestly to travel around here it's yeah. a little bit different story um and then yeah. one of the things that you know when when you travel around when you do that route what are some of the most important places that people should see because from my own perspective i the only thing i can think of is castles but that's just so touristy i don't know what yeah. else is there Yeah, I know there's loads of things that you can see. I was most of the things I think Edinburgh no Scotland, I think I read somewhere has almost three thousand castles. So most of the time people are going around the old castles. There's a lot of great ones around Edinburgh, um like Blackness Castle, then let's go Palace, which is a castle where Mary Queen of Scots was born. Um obviously Edinburgh Castle is probably one of the most famous castles um but you also have things like um dune castle which is where they filmed game of thrones and outlander and i think um the monty python so you know in terms of where you want to stop i guess you know um so you got edinburgh of course glasgow fort william um sort of ben nevis ben nevis is one of the highest peaks in the country um it's there's a lot of these munro mountains so you have a lot of people that like to go munro bagging which is like any peak that's above three thousand feet i think and that's something that you like to do and there's lots of them i think there's about 300 munros across the country and a lot of people like to collect them like old cards <laughs> and they like to go up the mountains and bag those you have um beaches and has lots of beaches that you can see um there's white sand beaches all across Scotland and sometimes the weather's really nice they are honestly like traveling to uh, the Caribbean because you have white sand and blue like crystal blue waters and things um so there's lots of beaches that you can see um mountains locks or lakes there's um let me think just anything about the other kind of uh, attractions you have things like fairy pools uh, old man of stories on sky as well kind of like mountain peaks it's probably one of the best countries for hiking um and it's super safe as well i think that you know of, of all the countries i've been scotland's been one of the safest countries i've ever been as a solo female traveler because it it's quite remote but it's also very friendly and safe and you don't ever feel under threat yeah. i guess <laughs> from what you're saying maybe instead of me trying to move to asia right now maybe i should move to scotland because it sounds <laughs> yeah. like a deal. yeah it's honestly one of the best like and i i if i i've always wanted to move there especially to edinburgh because it's like one of my favorite countries in the world like it's just so you know everything that you see is just so pretty and beautiful and mystical and or historical and everything kind of tells a story um especially when you're driving around places like glencoe or I mean, you, you can't believe sometimes. I mean, we for England itself is like flat as a pancake. We don't have many peaks in right. England that are that famous. But usually if you want to go and see mountains, you have to climb, go to sort of places like um, Wales or Scotland who have the kind of big peaks. And so when I'm driving through um, 
Scotland and you're seeing all these mountain tops and lakes beneath you just like just blows your mind it's just amazing and uh, I'm looking at the map currently and I'm just just thinking the the western side of Scotland looks really like rigid is that a place pretty accessible or is that not really a place where people don't really travel I'm talking about like west of fourth uh fourth william and Fort william, yeah no it's really popular that's probably one of the most popular it's just it looks quite remote so it's not as built up as for example um the cities because it's protected so like a lot of those are national parks a lot of the land is protected so it's quite rugged because it doesn't see much development there and um, they try and keep it as natural as possible to preserve the land and the wildlife there so fort william yeah you've got like lots of locks and and that's where ben nevis is and you can get a cable car out there you don't have to uh yeah. walk if you don't want to and um, you also have um, eileen donan which is just above that uh-huh. and then you kind of go around to um in uh, Loch Ness and Urquhart Castle and things like that. And then you head around to Inverness. That's the traditional route. Um, but if you go towards the, the far west, which is the Isle of Skye, which is one of the most accessible islands, I guess, off of Scotland, Isles, um, that's where you can find really rugged and unspoiled um, beauty, I guess. Um, and that's the reason why it's so, so popular. I think it's one of the most visited places in all of Scotland, I think, Skye. But it is, is magical. It- lovely <laughs> is is that where james bond was recorded i'm asking because i'm a huge fan or or not really it was recorded i believe some of it i might have been in the sky but some of it was recorded in glencoe in a it was a valley off glencoe called glen etive um and it's where they film it's, it's called the skyfall bridge there's a nickname yeah. called the skyfall bridge so you can go there um and i i didn't get around to that actually i think i visited on one of the hottest days of the year like I think I visited one of the hottest days on record and I was just so hot I just stayed in my car most of the time with the aircon blasting because it was also quite I don't know if you've heard about midges in Scotland they're like these little bugs that bite you a lot and a lot of people and and in that particular time it was just rife so I tried to keep (laughs) especially in those sort of valleys like inside the car as much as possible because you just get absolutely um, you know bitten alive by those things a lot of people that's another tip I would say with Scotland is bring midge spray or something to protect yourself from midges because they can be um, everyone thinks that they're not going to get bitten or oh, it won't affect me but then you when you when they kind of come into your car yeah. or like <laughs> then you then you start to think oh actually they are a bit of a problem <laughs> That's that's another topic I want to uh, touch on is is weather and the climate. Just uh, how is it overall? Uh, you know, traveling out there during like season or not season. When would you? When should people actually go? Oh, so Scotland in the winter is some of the coldest weather we see in the UK. So it can be very, very, very cold if you go in winter. It's not so bad in Edinburgh, but by the time you head up towards the Highlands, some of the roads can be quite icy and a bit slippy so the best time that I would always say to visit is from around uh, March to uh, around September time another reason is because a lot of the attractions shut for the winter because it is so cold and there are less visitors so some attractions and like castles and the main things you might want to see um would be would be closed over the winter um if you visit in around May or June although it is midgy season um it's actually one of the best times because you get so much light so it stays it almost stays light until about 1am like it just doesn't get dark in Scotland at this time of year so it's fab so my personal recommendation was to travel between May and July Uh, it's just the best the best weather um 
and it, if you visit in the shoulder seasons, it's a bit cheaper for places, you can find more accommodation, and it's just the weather's like, it, <laughs> Scotland's one of those places where you can get four seasons in one day, like, it could be really hot one minute, then rainy the next, then cold and, ha- and hailstones and stuff. Uh, it's just one of those things you've got to watch out for. So if you get good weather, then great. You've got the sun in your face yeah. and it's great. And then just always pack a jacket or a coat <laughs> just in case it starts to... Um, sounds super unpredictable. So- sounds like Florida, to be honest. When I lived there, it was just like, you know, one day it's nice and hot and then a few hours later it starts raining and all that, so... Oh yeah, and it's just it's always windy. That's another thing. Like even if it's warm, like considered a warm day, I always found that I always took a spare layer because it was always like quite windy, and you can never predict um, how windy it was. In fact, I I take my own photos as a travel blogger, and so um, I would have my camera set up on travel a lot, and so sometimes it'd be like, oh, it's great, not wind, it's not windy for a minute. Like let's just take some photos, and then a, a freak breeze would just literally blow my camera over. And I remember I got to Scotland. It was about two days, three days into my trip, and the wind blew my camera over, and I broke it. So oh. <laughs> I had to drive all the way back to Edinburgh and try and find a new camera, and um, because obviously I was working on quite a lot of campaigns and I was like oh my god like my camera's broken like I couldn't believe it like it was just like a freak wind that just and uh another thing I want to talk about is maybe just a little bit about food and you know things that people should Mm -hmm. try because I know there are a lot of people that you know when they travel they're foodies and they love trying different foods and different places in the world is there anything specific for Scotland maybe that people should just definitely get Oh yeah, so there's lots of like Scotland's very proud of its its uh, foodie culture, especially if you you're going. One of the things that people always talk about is haggis. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's no. kind of like um, it's a dish made of like sheep intestines. So it's not. It doesn't sound like the nicest thing, but it depends where you try it. So if you like, a lot of people say, "Oh, haggis is disgusting," but they've never tried it. So it's because the first time I ever tried haggis, I went to the tourist information center. I think at the top of the Royal and they were giving it away for free and it was nice but it just wasn't it wasn't very nice so my first impression of haggis just wasn't great um but then I went to a restaurant called Gilly Do which is very touristy admittedly and they have all the you know dancing and they have all these music and we tried like proper haggis where it comes with haggis neeps and tatties which is like haggis potatoes and um peas that's what they call it haggis neeps and tatties also i would recommend trying iron brew it's like scotland is the only country in the world where they drink more iron brew than they do coca-cola um because it's the natural drink of scotland so it's like an orange like i don't even know how to describe it It's like an orange soda basically but it's it's got a weird taste (laughs) and it's really lovely it's the only place where if i go to scotland all i drink is iron brew if i go past the borders all iron brew uh, I don't drink cola in Scotland. <laughs> and then, okay, so um, besides the the food, um, let's talk about hotels and some accommodations as well. Some of the best places to stay mm-hmm. around, because I'm assuming that mainly in the main cities, it's fairly easy to find a hotel. But when you're traveling, yeah. when doing a road trip, when you're going up all the way up north, for example, how does the situation look like in those areas? So yeah, so in Edinburgh, I don't actually stay in hostels quite a lot in in Scotland. I actually then another reason why I love traveling in the summer is because a lot of the university accommodation becomes open to book, and they're really quite cheap rooms um, that are cheaper than hostels actually that I found. Um, 
and you can stay sort of in a room for the night. And there are unis all over Scotland that they opened up their accommodation, for example, in Stirling and Edinburgh, um, in Glasgow, and also in Perth, Inverness, places like that, they have like dorms that you can book. There are hostels in the cities um, and sometimes hostels sort of around other cities as well. But most of the time people book sort of B&Bs, uh, which are bed and breakfasts in the UK. And they're just like cute little cottages or houses that yeah. people rent out of rooms. And a lot of time um, I personally use Booking.com. I'm a big Booking.com fan and I would just look at that day and see what's around. Um, sometimes I, I have been known to wing, wing book rest, yeah. uh, hotels on the road, which I know isn't I don't recommend doing that because yeah. if you are in a remote location, you might not get anywhere to stay and that just wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, you can easily find lots of uh, B&B accommodation, local like um, independent businesses that run um, B&Bs or there are some hotels, I think in Inverness, they're quite, that's the main hub, I guess, in the Highlands, Inverness, because it has the most networks and, and transport. But and they have some really nice hotels. But most of the time, I would recommend booking sort of a, uh, Airbnb, um, Air, not Airbnb, sorry, bread and breakfasts. And they're great. Usually come with a great sort of local breakfast, and they always have friendly owners who are happy to help you. Um, and I'd try if you can, if you're booking in the peak season, sort of in the summer holidays, book in advance as far as you can. Um, as is, I usually wing it, but I usually go in the off season when there's a lot more availability, I guess, of accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> what, are the what are the prices like, just approximately, when it comes Ooh, to? Okay, so you know, yeah, this is this is the rub. So like a uni accommodation, the the rooms I was talking about. Can, I think I'm sterling. I booked mine for twenty pounds a night, which is I'm not sure how much that is in dollars. Maybe thirty five dollars a night, mm -hmm. which is quite cheap in terms of UK accommodation standards. Um, some hostels in Edinburgh and Peak, I'm lo you're looking at fifty sixty pounds a night. So you're actually getting three nights stay in like sterling in your own room with towels and coffee and a kettle and everything in the shower. Um, over like one night in Edinburgh which is like really crazy I find um but if you were booking sort of B&Bs up in the Highlands you're looking at sort of maybe 80 to 100 pounds a night for a double room um sometimes less I think I booked some places for this is why I wing it usually because you get kind of good last minute prices and I think most of my rooms I don't think I paid more than around 60 pounds a night for a room on Sky I think I paid a little bit more because I think it is just one of those places that they the demand yeah I think you, you you just pay a bit more because it is so beautiful and it's also very very popular so like you'll find that there's not a lot of accommodation choices that are um budget let's say <laughs> yeah definitely and on the same topic one of the last questions that I have for you is um, saving money especially when you're doing a road trip in mm -hmm. Scotland yeah. what would you say are some of the tips that you would want to share with others when it comes to that so that someone doesn't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a few yeah. days or a week. So I would 100%. So Scotland is amazing for budget saving because there's so many things that you can do for free. So there are a lot of attractions, for example, a lot of the national parks that we have, like or even Glencoe, that's free. There's a lot of walks that you can do. So you don't have to necessarily go to like lots of castles that cost money. Um, a lot of the beauty of Scotland is just free and you can enjoy it. It's just mainly things like parking. Um, you might have to pay quite a lot of parking charges uh, to bring lots of cash to make sure that you can pay for parking, especially for walks. Um, but also budget saving tip is to pack your own food. 
water, water bottles, things like that. And that can save a lot of money when it comes to eating out in restaurants and things like that. Um, if you were traveling around the UK for a long time, it may be worth you investing in a National Trust Pass, which is a sort of activity pass that you can go into lots and lots of different attractions. It covers a lot of things in Scotland. And then that also gets you free parking at some of the biggest attractions as well. Um, there's also the Historic Scotland castles. They do things like uh, passes that you can buy for two weeks and that can get you into some of the biggest castles around Scotland. So not Edinburgh Castle, but you can get into um, a lot of the ones that are owned by Historic Scotland, which are, there are a lot, which includes sort of things like Urquhart Castle, Aberdour Castle um, and things like that. So there's lots and lots of things that you can do to save money. May, most of them are to you know, opt for free attractions, bring your own food if you wanted to. But obviously, of course, there are lots of local supermarkets that you can buy food from, lots of places you can stop on the way. Um, but yeah, definitely um, make sure you have a full tank of petrol as well before you leave, um, before you get stranded somewhere without petrol. That's one of the things I find that I see a lot is people either running out of petrol you know, not having enough petrol for the day. So make sure you definitely have that filled up. You don't want to be breaking down in the middle of the highlands and asking for roadside assistance because it must be so difficult. So definitely make sure that you're prepared before you start driving out for the day. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Wow. Great tips. Uh, a lot of information that we just covered and then a lot of different places, a lot of attractions, some places to stay and all that stuff. So, um, like I spoke with, with you before we started recording, um, we're going to have a little bit more like a breakdown, I guess, of all the places that people should uh, go to. I'm going to have a list and uh, I'll post it on Patreon so people can check it out and plan the trip a little bit, um, you know, the way they want to. I'll put the map as well. So uh, it's a little bit better understanding where, where people can travel and then go to which places they should go to. Well, Sophie, thanks a lot for joining me, uh, rejoining, because uh, I know we spoke uh, on the on the previous episode a little bit more about your story and traveling the world, but we covered right now a lot about Scotland, so I'm really, you know, glad that we're able to talk about it. And now, honestly, now I'm going to have a little bit better understanding, and next time I'm going to be planning a road trip or, or at least a trip to Scotland, I'm going to take all those tips into consideration, so I appreciate it. And if anyone has any more questions, of course, I'm always available. Um, you can contact me on my blog, thirdeyetraveler.com or hello at thirdeyetraveler.com is my email. And I'm more than happy to answer any Scotland road trip questions because I love it so much. And it's just such a great country to travel through. So. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Sophie. Have a good one. Thank right, you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and also let your friends and family know about Journey to Freedom. Also, consider supporting me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash journey to freedom. Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on one-on-one -on -one basis. It's a place where I share exclusive content such as personal spreadsheets, traveling tips and advice, and of course, show notes from every single episode. It's a place where you can find a lot of insightful links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.